Thank you. Good to be back with you today and enjoyed the warm welcome and it feels like I haven't been gone, although it's been quite a while. Good to jump in and start this second week of this series, that's for sure. I have a question for you this morning. Uh, how, how many of you have either just recently made a significant decision or you're in the process of making one? You know, you have a, probably quite a few people, right? right? Now, this is not the kind of decision that you're thinking about, should I buy that new outfit or wait for it to go on sale or, or where are we going to eat when church is out today? This is more of a, a significant kind of decision that will impact your world or, or your family for quite some time. This week in the series of Divine Direction, that's something we're, we're going to tackle. Look at what Scripture has to say, and, and we've been looking at author and pastor Craig Rochelle's book by the same name, Divine Direction, and we're talking about making decisions. Does God give wisdom so that I can discern what's best? What does God want me to do? Today we want, we want to provide some help with that one. You may be asking yourself, should I just keep holding on or let it go. Should I call it a day? Should I pursue this relationship or walk away? Maybe you're asking, should we have another child? Should I go for a new job? Should we move? And there is a stress that comes from indecision, and that may start getting to you. In Scripture, Noah was told to build a boat, and he was given directions exactly how to do it. Abraham was instructed to leave his country behind and go to a land that God would show him. The children of Israel, they were led on their journey out of Egypt by a pillar of cloud by the day and a pillar of fire by night. When it came time for Solomon to build a temple, God gave him very specific instructions on how to do that, including measurements of the temple utensils as well. Even Jesus sought guidance. Before choosing his disciples, he spent an entire night in prayer. Well, God wants to guide you too. He wants to provide some divine direction for your life and provide you with some discernment, some wisdom along the way. The, the prophet Isaiah said in his Old Testament book, the Lord will guide you continually. King David wrote in Psalm 23 verse 3 concerning God, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. One of the keys to making good decisions is releasing control and letting God guide you. Kind of like Carrie Underwood's song from a few years ago, where you let Jesus take the wheel. What needs to happen with you in order to be wise in your decision making? Author and pastor Craig Grishel says, the decisions we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. Well, if you want divine direction, it's helpful to reevaluate your current guidance system. How do you currently receive input so that you can make effective decisions? About a year and a half ago, I was at a conference where the leader was talking about forming a, a series of mentoring groups. He called them covenant groups. These groups were to meet together a couple of times a year for two or three days at a time, kind of like a, a retreat, and, and share with one another. And, and then he said when these groups were completed from the retreat side, we'd get back together and once a month we'd talk on the phone to sharpen and encourage and, and support one another. And as I listened, I, I thought, well, that sounds like a good concept, but I'm already too busy. <laughs> My role with the Solomon Foundation was demanding. It required extensive travel from coast to coast. We were setting new records for growth each year, and I was having trouble keeping up. I couldn't imagine adding a couple more things to my plate and simply dismiss the concept. <laughs> 
Well, my wife Shelly was at that same conference with me, and at the break time, she said, I, I think that's something you should consider being part of. You need some other guys in your life. Well, to be honest, I didn't really feel the need to share my inner world with four other guys on a regular basis, and carving out the time was going to be a challenge too. However, I reluctantly agreed. And the bottom line is that after being with this group of guys, it didn't take too long for them to become some of my go-to guys when I needed some insight or needed to have someone weigh in regarding various factors in my life. In terms of having a guidance system beyond listening to God, beyond sharing life with my wife, this covenant group has been quite beneficial for me personally in discerning God's course for my life. I understand that it probably won't work for most of you in this room today, gathering a couple of different times with a small group of men or a small group of women and, and talking as well. However, I wonder, is there a person or a couple of people where you can develop a relationship and they can help you? I mean, that's one of the reasons we have small groups around here. There may be a person within your group where you seem to connect with maybe more than others, and, and that person can be just the person God has to help you. Is it risky? <laughs> you bet. God isn't all that interested in having us live risk-free lives. And speaking from firsthand experience, it was worth it to me. Some of us are guided by a philosophy that says, I'll choose whatever course in life is easiest and causes the least amount of pain. Others are prone to say, I'll opt for the riskiest path. Some go for feelings, and others go take a, a more mechanical approach, and logic drives everything. You are the king of spreadsheets. You have your pros and cons listed. You even have them alphabetized. Some of us aren't even conscious of why we decide the way we do. And maybe it's time to consider not going down the easiest or the riskiest or the most popular path, but it's con considered the right time for you to get on God's path, the path he's wanting you to take. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. There are four different verbs here, all action words. And our responsibility is to trust and lean and acknowledge. Then God's responsibility is the promise part. He promises to make your path straight. Solomon says, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't do it alone. Instead, acknowledge God. Lean on him, and God will make your path straight. That comes from the, the Hebrew that means to make smooth or straight or right. If you want some help in making decisions, if you want divine direction in your life, first it's helpful to evaluate your current guidance system. Are you in the game alone, or are other people weighing in periodically? Are you allowing the Lord to weigh in as well? Once you evaluate that current guidance system, that next step in receiving divine direction is to develop, to develop wisdom. Now that might sound a little intimidating, but that can happen for you. People can look at you and say, that Bob or that Mike, he's a wise guy. And some of you might be elbowing your neighbor saying, yeah, he's a wise guy, all right. Well, this kind of a wise guy is a good thing. In order to have more confidence and, and wisdom in your life, there are some principles from God that, that can be helpful for you, e even before the crossroads emerges. And these principles that can be implemented in your life are there to help make healthy, God-honoring decisions. 
So with the time that remains today, let's look at the ABCs of, of, of what it takes to make those kinds of decisions. You want wisdom to discern God's direction? Well, the A is to ask. Ask for advice from, from wise people. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 6 says, Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. Proverbs 12, verse 15 adds, The, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Many of us are trying to be the people that God wants us to be, but sometimes we just have blind spots. And these blind spots, they can derail our progress. My wife has a journal, and on the cover, it quotes another proverb, which says, the one who walks with the wise will become wise. Well, naturally, we have to be careful here. Some people love inflicting their opinion on you, and that kind of counsel is worth approximately what it costs, nothing. And we also need to avoid the trap where, where, that leads us to expect too much by way of counsel. We might unconsciously think, well, well, since God won't tell me what his plans are, I need to go find a wise Christian to tell me what to do. And this can lead us into an overly dependent kind of trap. But if you find someone that can help you process by asking questions and not just giving answers, that'll be a real win for you. It's our responsibility to make decisions. And a healthy approach talks to some people that we know who are wise and godly and says to them, I know you've been around the, the spiritual block a time or two. I know you have more experience in this, way, in this area than I do. You know both God and me. You may even know what I think and what some of my weak spots are. Can you give me some input? And then when you hear their input, consider it carefully and decide how much weight to give it. It's better to listen to people rather than one person. Having multiple spiritual mentors is better than a single one. Uh, maybe you can think of people in this church as kind of having a, a spiritual smorgasbord of wisdom. This new role that I have with River Glen, the, the one that Ben talked about in the introduction video where, where I'm joining the team as the church planting pastor, well, that came on the heels of having conversations like the ones we're talking about. While lots of good things were happening within the Solomon Foundation, helping churches expand all across the country, the pace of my life kept increasing significantly. And the guys in my covenant group, they talked about that from time to time. One evening when we were together, they focused on that area of my life. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 31 says, The mouth of the godly person gives wise advice. And Proverbs 32 adds, The lips of the godly speak helpful words. Wise advice, helpful words. Well, prior to that, I, I received several unsolicited comments from friends and acquaintances saying things like, well, why aren't you involved in church planting and in, in new church work again? That seems to be your niche. Well, the first couple times that happened, I just kind of ignored it. And those kinds of comments from people I respected kept on coming. You've probably heard the saying, if, if one man calls you a, a donkey's rear end, pay him no mind. If two men call you a donkey's rear end, look in the mirror. If a third one says it, go buy a saddle. Well, for me, it was time to head toward the saddle store. I told my wise guy friends, my covenant group, that when I was a kid, I, I played Little League Baseball, and I made this, the all-star team playing second base. My coach also had me play center field from time to time, and I did fine playing center field, but, but where I excelled 
was at second base. And for me, having been involved in new church work for nearly two decades was kind of like playing second base. <laughs> I mean, I was fine at helping churches figure out how to expand and working with our team all around the country. But new church work or church planting seems to be my best position. And the guys in my group asked a series of questions about that. They didn't tell me what to do, but they helped me process a potential change. And having been connected with you all for the past decade or so seems like a great fit for church planting, and, and it provides some weekend message opportunities again, too. And I have to tell you, I've missed you, and it's good to be back here again. Uh, you know, many of the church plants that have, you've been involved in over the past, churches like The Ridge and Legacy and, and Lake Point, we, we actually did those together. So I'm really excited to be playing second base again here. I mean, helping to lead the church planting ministry here at River Glen. I believe that this has been God-led, and the best is yet to come. I mean, your passion for reaching people that are far from God is exciting, and, and getting to work with you, I consider it a real privilege. I don't know if this chapter would ever have opened had I not asked others about the possibilities, asking for advice. <laughs> So on a personal level for you, what's been weighing on your mind lately? If it's not a situation that you need to bear alone, I mean, who is someone or who are some people who've been around the spiritual block that, that can help you process, that can help you discern God's divine direction for your life? And if you bring them into your world and if you share with them what's going on, that could be life-giving for you. Well, when it comes to the ABCs of making God-honoring decisions, if, if A is to ask for advice, then B is, how does your possible decision line up with the Bible? What does the Bible have to say? And the reality is that this is God's primary way in which he speaks. It's in the Bible that God has already told us in general terms how he wants us to live and love and talk how to take care of our bodies and handle money and pray, how to function as a family member, how to function as an employee. You may say, well, but God never even speaks to you. Well, let me ask you this. How, how often are you engaged in his book? I mean, God can't bring his word to mind if, if you don't know the verses. If someone came up to you and said to sell your house and take all the money and buy lottery tickets, you can say with confidence that God would give you a, a big no to that one. The scripture is very clear about get-rich-quick schemes or attempting to earn our livelihood through games of chance. If someone in business agonizes as to whether he should tell the truth to a prospective customer or not, that's another no-brainer. He doesn't have to spend all day agonizing trying to figure that one out. Telling the truth is a principle that God is for. It's a principle he honors, even when it's difficult to speak a hard truth. Even when tempted to promise a, a product or a service sooner than we're able, we have to choose the way of integrity. In the long run, people respect your integrity far more than telling them what you think they want to hear. There may be times when you're just not sure how your decision squares with God's Word. Maybe you're trying to decide whether to downsize your home or not. Or who in your family gets a cell phone and how are we going to all pay for that one? 
Maybe you're trying to determine which school to send your kids to. And with as many shootings that have been happening across our country, that's no small decision, is it? In those cases, as long as what you're doing is not in contradiction with God's ways, He provides a great amount of latitude in determining your steps. The clearest, most direct route to discern divine direction is through God's revealed Word, the Bible. And if the Bible talks about principles such as honesty, integrity, relationship management, and we choose to veer from those principles, He won't bless our decisions. The truth is, Scripture says that every one of us has strayed away. We've made some pretty lousy decisions, haven't we? None of us is perfect. And the Bible word is sin. <laughs> we, we left God's path to follow our own way. Isaiah the prophet says in chapter 53, verse 6 of his book, we all like sheep have gone astray. And sheep actually have very poor vision and they can't see far at all. And since sheep can't see very far ahead, that's why they need a shepherd, someone to guide them. When we ignore the words of the shepherd, we ignore it at our own peril. Psalm chapter 119 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A lamp shows just a few feet ahead, not all the way ahead, not all the way to the end of the path, God often reveals a, a step at a time that asks us to trust his will for the end. Well, here's the truth about us. I mean, we live in the year 2018, and we think we're pretty smart. We, we think we're even smarter when we have the answers at our fingertips when we ask Siri. I mean, I was watching the Olympics last night, and I saw that Norway is running away with the, the medal count, and we're kind of lagging behind. So I, I just asked Siri, Siri, how many people live in Norway? It's about 5 million people, the, the, the population of the state of Wisconsin, and they're running away with all the Olympic medals. It's unbelievable. And I felt kind of smart at the same time. I, I know there are 5 million people in Norway now. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> Sometimes, because we, we think we're smart, we, we also say, oh, you know, that, that sounds pretty good, this section of the Bible here. We, we think parts of the Bible are good. But other parts, if we're honest, we sometimes think they may sound a bit old-fashioned. They're not with the times. And when we participate in selective obedience, we start playing a dangerous sport. You don't want to win a medal in that event. Jesus was never that way. He demonstrated humility and confidence in God's Word, and, and He obeyed it. God is a caring Father. He wrote the Bible to help keep us from destroying ourselves or others and squandering our lives. I mean, if you're at a crossroads right now, you do yourself a whole lot of good if, if you can get away by yourself before God and honestly answer, does this potential decision square with God's word? <laughs> does this potential decision square with God's word? When you make sure that the direction you're going aligns with God's ways, it provides tremendous peace and, and confidence and comfort as you go forward in life. Well, if you want to follow the, the ABCs, God's ways in making decisions, A is to ask advice from other people, from wise people. B is the Bible, determine how it squares up with the Bible, God's word. And the C stands for circumstances. Are you paying attention to the circumstances that seem to be happening around you? A door may be opening, 
but you have to be looking for it. In the New Testament of the Bible, there's a portion of Scripture regarding the Apostle Paul that's kind of interesting. Paul wrote about half the New Testament. He, he conducted missionary journeys. He planted churches. He was a real hero of the faith. And if anyone seemed to have an inside connection with God, we would think it would be the Apostle Paul, right? I mean, Paul wrote a couple of letters to people in the churches of Thessalonica, First and Second Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul was seeking direction from God and this is what he didn't say. He didn't say, the Lord spoke to me, and, and, and this is what I must do. That's not what he said. Instead, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul said, so when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. <laughs> we thought it best. Why is that so interesting? Well, Paul's saying, we thought about it, we, we considered it, and we just thought it best. In other words, we're paying to the attention to the circumstances that are going on, and coupling that with our knowledge and our experiences, and combining that with our own wisdom, here's what we think we should do. And after paying attention to the circumstances, Paul made a decision. He wasn't a robot. He had the ability to think on his own. He sought to serve God in the best way he knew how. In all of the Apollo space launches, as they're heading toward the moon, they constantly had to do mid-course corrections. They paid attention to their current circumstances, but made adjustments. It just wasn't one and done. They didn't aim the rocket, and it went there automatically. They were recorrecting every second. I heard a humorous story about a college sophomore who was in need of a car and had a series of dreams one night and, and dreamt that everything was in yellow, everything. And early the next morning, he began hitting the used car lots, looking at one car after another, and finally, he found God's will for him, a yellow car, yellow inside, yellow outside. He didn't ask to drive it. He just bought it. But it turned out to be a real lemon. Just don't place everything on circumstances, right? I mean, if I'm sensitive to, to God's Word, and if I'm praying, if I'm sensitive to the promptings of His Holy Spirit, and I'm getting godly counsel, then I'll probably trust the circumstances more than just letting them stand on their own. Can I give you one more example this morning? And this one's kind of personal, but I think it illustrates what we're talking about. About the same time we started talking about making a shift in my vocation, becoming the church planting pastor here with River Glen, my mom encountered a series of strokes. Mom wasn't able to recover, and she went home to heaven this past summer. I didn't really see that one coming at all. About a year prior to that, my mom's younger sister, my aunt, her only sibling, uh, had a major stroke, and, and she passed away from that as well. When mom left us, it became apparent that we now have a, a family track record of people dying from strokes dating back several generations. Very disconcerting, actually. So I, I met with my doctor and had some tests conducted, and they determined that there's a marker in my blood that can lead to the same kind of thing unless something significant changed. In other words, Reduce the stress in your life by traveling much less. Engage in a role that can be a better fit. Watch what you eat. Those kinds of things. 
About that same time, my son Michael and his wife Taylor announced that they were going to have a baby. Shelly and I were going to be grandparents, and our grandson was born last month, and Grayson, our, our grandson, actually turns one month old today. Today's his one-month birthday. <laughs> and my son and his wife, they live near us, and, and, and I know this much. I don't want to watch my grandson grow up while I'm halfway across the country watching uh, Facebook videos of him if I don't have to. And when I paid more attention to the circumstances in my own life, like the Apostle Paul, it was time for a change. Like, like he said, we thought it best. And the bottom line is, how can I honor God with my life considering how he's wired me? How can you continue making a difference by helping to reach people for Christ? Or how can we do that for as long as possible? And it became clear at that point that this door with River Glen had been opened and provided by God and I needed to walk through. Applying today's ABCs was quite helpful, I asked others that I considered to be wise. And it aligns with what the Bible teaches. Jesus in his great commission calls us to try and reach as many people as we can with his gospel message. The, circum the circumstances were quite clear too. Now that's not how all decisions come together. They're not all black and white, but this one illustrates God's divine direction for this season. And it's my prayer that you're asking him to lead you as well. And I pray that you have the courage to decide and then act. I heard about a man who was talking to another guy who trained animals for Hollywood movies. And he asked him, how is it that you can stake down a 10-ton elephant with the same size stake that you use for this little fellow? And he pointed to a baby elephant off to the side that weighed about 300 pounds. Well, it's easy, the trainer said. When they're babies, we stake them down. And they try to tug away from the stake maybe 10,000 times before they realize they can't possibly get away. And at that point, their elephant memory takes over, and they remember for the rest of their lives that they can't get away from the stake. Well, humans are sometimes like elephants. When we're teenagers, some unthinking, insensitive, unwise person says, he's not very good at planning. She'll never be a leader. That team, they'll go nowhere. And zap, we drive a mental stake into our minds. When we become mature adults, we're still held back by some inaccurate one-sentence stake put into our minds when we were young. It even affects our ability to make decisions, and it can keep us paralyzed. Maybe you think you're not worthy of even deciding to join up to become part of God's team. And friends, you're capable of so much more than you realize. You are more capable now than you were 12 months ago, and next year you'll be able to do things that you couldn't even imagine today, but you have to make an effort, and you have to decide to at least try, and it may be time for you to make the decision to walk along God's path. This is the part of the message where you might think to yourself, well, that was a, that was a nice talk this morning. Now I need to go get some brunch and uh, get on with the rest of my day. But I'd really like for you to consider on the ABCs of those particular three, asking for advice or how it lines up with the Bible or what your circumstances in life are, if there's one of those three that seems to resonate with you more than the others. And then I'd like for you to consider that and decide which one of those three it might be and then kind of pray for you so that you can decide to take that step along God's discernment or wisdom path. 
So for you, maybe, are, are you thinking that I need to just kind of get a little more advice from some people and ask for advice as I'm d- contemplating a decision? If that's, if that's you, would you just kind of put your hand there and say, yeah, I need, I need a little more advice in my life. That would be helpful. Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, maybe for you, you're thinking, you know, I've been the kind of person that too often I've been ready, fire, aim, instead of ready, aim, fire. And I need a little more input, a little more understanding of, of God's viewpoint on things before I pull the trigger. And if, if that's you, you need some more uh, b- biblical insight on making decisions. Is that you? Would you just kind of put your hand up there and then I'll pray for you on that too. That's great. Yeah. Maybe for you, you, you're the kind of person that you're, you're all about the task and you, you, and you have these binders on and so you're not observant of the circumstances as much and God's trying to get your attention and you need to be a little more discerning of circumstances. And as you pay attention to the circumstances, you might be able to discern His will a little bit more. If you're a person that feels like, you know, I need to just kind of pay a little more attention, smell the roses, pay attention to the circumstances, we can pray for you in that end as well. Is, is that anybody here today need to look at the circumstances a little more? Yeah. Well, I'd like to pray for you in that end because I'd love for you to feel confident so that you have wisdom as you live life and make decisions serving God. Let's pray together about that, shall we? Our Father, we know that you are for us. And we know that you would like us to implement wisdom wherever we can. And people in this room, we, we want to do that too. So I pray that you'd give us the courage to uh, ask different people for advice if we need to do that. And, that you'd, and if we don't have those people in our lives, would you bring somebody in so that we can have those kinds of conversations and, and feel a little more confident in the direction that we need to take? Father, some of us need to know a little bit more about what you have to say in your word. So I pray you'd give them the courage, the discipline to understand it, to seek it out, and that there would be some some words uh, uh, from your authors that would speak to us and impact our hearts so that we'd, we'd know which way to go. Should we go left or should we go right? And I pray that we could square that up with your word. Lord, some of us uh, really want some help in determining uh, where to go, and I pray that we can pay attention to the circumstances and then take a step forward in faith. So I pray, Lord, that we would open our eyes and be aware as to how you're leading. And we can look back and see with certainty how you have led us and how you're pointing us down the path that you desire for us. We love you and we know that you are a good father. So we want to trust you and move forward in faith. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, life's most important decision is, what am I going to do with Jesus Christ? I mean, it's the smartest decision I ever made when I was a, a young boy, and I decided, I said, Jesus, I want you to lead my life, and I was baptized. I was, God washed me pure uh, back then. And, and, you know, I know it, and the Bible says it, that one day I'll go to heaven. <laughs> How about you? Can, can you say that same kind of thing? This next weekend, we're having a baptism in all the services. And maybe that's something you haven't pulled the trigger on, and it's time for you to step forward in faith and make a decision. That would be a wise decision to let Jesus lead your life in that way. And all weekend services will be celebrating new lives in Christ, freshly redeemed people, and that can be you as well. I I don't understand it all. I, I don't know all the doctrines. I'm more of an ABCs kind of guy, but... 
This one thing I do know, Jesus Christ said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And that's a decision worth making. And if that's something you want to do with your life, you have come to the right place.